Today is Saturday, March 2nd, 2013, and this is Radio Wave. Thank you for joining us on tonight's broadcast of Radio Wave. Our host is a friend of Medjugorje, and our guide is Our Lady. And for those of you who are connected to Medjugorje, you know through reading the writings on Medjugorje.com from a friend of Medjugorje, through the books that have been released through the hands of Our Lady, you see the hand of Our Lady that has been guiding us all of these years. And so, tonight... We meditate and speak about the message that was given earlier today through Mariana. And this is a day as a day of prayer for non-believers. And again, to reiterate the point, a friend of Medjugorje for many years has maintained that when Our Lady speaks of non-believers, she's speaking also of the followers of Our Lady. So tonight as we begin this broadcast, we ask you to open your hearts in prayer and ask in Our Lady to remove from your heart all non-belief. As we turn Radio Wave over to our host, a friend of Medjugorje. The scientists have proven since 1983 when they started analyzing the six visionaries all the way to 2005 repeatedly with some of the same tests, more advanced, and the most advanced testing that can be done in the world. Now, the visionaries, one thing they have proven through these tests is they enter into deeper reality when they see the Virgin Mary. And we're always trying to escape that reality, and even in this life. And actually, when Maria comes out of ecstasy, it's not coming from something that's exalted, it's coming from them for something lower, a more real life. What we have for ourselves is real life. It's an ordinary life. It's something people tire of often. Always looking for something else. They don't want to hurt instead of letting it hurt. They want to walk on the fence line. But what are you? Who are you? This is what our lady's coming for us to be more real with ourselves, to teach us where to be beautiful. And how do you become beautiful? You all know the story that our lady was asked How come you're so beautiful? She said, Because I love. So love is the basis for everything in the universe to be held together. It's the one thing that serves us. It's the one thing that we can see with clarity to the degree we love and be blind to the degree that we don't love. Everything connected to God 
is connected because the essence of God, which is love. So it's important for us not to shut our eyes. It's important for us not to be full of hardness and harshness, no compassion, because it's the only future. It's the only way that you're going to be able to make it in the culture or in society into the future. If you're not connected to this love, if you don't understand it, you'll be blind. We have a lot of blind people today because they love self and they don't love selflessly. To be selfless is to always be thinking of others. We have a selfish society rather than selfless. And so our ladies come to show us in all things to further another's needs. When you do that, you'll be able to see. Our Lady, Queen of Peace of Medjugorje's March 2nd, 2013 message given to Mariana on the Day for Nonbelievers. Dear children, anew, in a motherly way, I am calling you not to be of a hard heart. Do not shut your eyes to the warnings which the Heavenly Father sends to you out of love. Do you love Him above all else? Do you repent for having often forgotten that the Heavenly Father, out of His great love, sent His Son to redeem us by the cross? Do you repent for not having accepted the message? My children, do not resist the love of my Son. Do not resist hope and peace. Along with your prayers and fasting, by His cross, my Son will cast away the darkness that wants to surround you and come to rule over you. He will give you the strength for a new life. Living it according to my Son, you will be a blessing and a hope to all those sinners who wander in the darkness of sin. My children, keep vigil. I, as a mother, am keeping vigil with you. I am especially praying and watching over those whom my son called to be light bearers and carriers of hope for you, for your shepherds. Thank you. I wanted to start by reading something that you wrote today uh, in the writing, Be Warned, just at the, the tail end of the writing. Our Lady says, do, do you repent for not having accepted the message? Those who pass off, discount, minimize, or show reservation about Our Lady and her messages because it is not necessary for salvation is contradicted by Our Lady's call to repent for not having accepted the messages. These apparitions are the last, are the most important in the world, and are necessary for the world's salvation. You do not have to repent for that which you need not repent. Our Lady makes it clear to all, clear to the Church. Do not reject me. Do not ignore my Medjugorje apparitions. Our Lady said November 2, 2010, Do not reject me, my children. March 18, 1996, do not reject from yourself the name of God that you may not be rejected. Accept my messages that you may be accepted. 
It is the moment, as when Jesus opened up the scroll in Nazareth, reading from the book of Isaiah, and said, Today this scripture passage is fulfilled in your hearing. Today the messages of Our Lady must be accepted by the Church and the world. Today is the moment, the moment of Our Lady, who is daily present as the woman of Revelation chapter 12. There is no reason for debate. What is said, for as Yvonne said on June 24, 2011, when we see the physical changes that will happen in the world, we will understand why she came every day. By then, many people, including many priests and bishops, will have missed the time of grace, exchanging the time of grace for the approaching time of lamentation, all to their horror. August 25, 1997, Soon a time will come when you will lament for these messages. A time of lamentation that will waste away one's life through remorse that they did not come to know Mary, the Queen of Peace, while they lived at the same time she visited the earth daily. Woe to those who could have had the moment but reject it. And then it ends. So that's pretty strong, pretty strong writing today. And uh, I wanted to ask, do you really believe that there will be priests and bishops who will lament in horror when this time of grace passes? This is the Gamaliel factor. He missed the time of grace. He waited. He observed. And he missed one of the most glorious moments in history. We've had this happen repeatedly throughout the scriptures. Yes, there will be many bishops that will regret that they missed the time of the grace. Our Lady says you will lament. It's not my word. Sooner time will come when you will lament for these messages. That's not going to be like, oh, I want to hear some now. It's going to be that the opportunity of those people who felt the same thing, who converted after Christ was gone, on Pentecost, 3,000, who probably heard them on the street corners of Jerusalem through those three years, or crossed his path somewhere, but they were too busy. They were too involved in what they did. They perhaps believed too much in themselves and what their authority was. And I don't say this in criticism. I believe God's in some way has blinded certain elements that they won't see it because we're too seminaried. We're too theological. We're too, we're too much of an intellectual church. Look at the simplicity of our lady's messages. Look at the simplicity of Jesus' words. And who was it that objected to Jesus except that which was established? Will that bring lamentations to those who convert? You bet it will. One of the most glorious moments in history that Our Lady herself says, never in history since the beginning of the world. I'm going to give you messages. What a wondrous thing to be a part of that. What a woeful thing not to be when you know you sat in a position to at least be following it, at least have your heart with it. But it's Our Lady's words too, who said, Do not reject me, my children. And then in March, accept my messages that you may be accepted. People don't like to hear her words. Or they want to discount them. 
Or perhaps there's something to object to in the message or fasting, whatever it may be. We've got to realize a future, a different future is coming to us. If you want to be faithful to anything in the future, you have to be faithful to everything you presently do. I want to do for a lady with my heart and do it passionately. I do not want what the world does, the passions control me in what I do. And so, if you want to be faithful to the future, you have to be faithful to everything you're doing in the present. You need to follow all these messages. You need to do exactly what she's saying. You need to understand what she's saying and pray to do that or go to people who walk down the trail. It's always good to walk down the trail with someone who's already been down the trail. Our Lady asked for a community to be established. We've gone through many, many things over 26 years. You think she never has done to us what she told the village? God wants to send you trials in your daily chores, your daily work. We've been through so many trials, so many different things, so many different fires, and come through it all the more stronger, all the more strengthened, tried. We don't like it. We don't want it. But I found myself often in the midst of things that when I was suffering and it wasn't pleasant, that what I would do is say, okay, I want to accept this moment. Let it hurt. Let it bleed. You know, because all that will do is always keep you on your knees. We need these things. We need trials. God knows I will send you trials. Allah says Jesus of Jesus. Once when a two-week ring was hitting and destroying the vineyards, most of you know this message, our lady told, our lady told the villagers, God's sending you this. He's testing you. Even now, he's, she says, he sends you a test. You know, let it burn to the worst degree. Because I know when I'm in there and I'm and hurt, and this mission doesn't come without that, or I'm in suffering, and our lady gave me a private message to Maria that you will have to suffer. I was shocked by this. I said, suffer? I'm into that. I'm into what the saints have been reading about that. I had no idea what she was saying. Because she says, I'm going to help you understand more what suffering means. Of course, the greatest suffering, Ali says, and the greatest sacrifice is, is love. And love wants to do its work in you, and you have to let it hurt. So when I find myself in that situation, when I find myself, I know... It's not what I want, but I know that's what I need. And this is the spiritual life. You need to realize this. To be anything with God, to be anything with a lady, you've got to go through fire. The scripture says, and I remember in 1988 being in so much fire, so much heat, that I went into our, our bathroom, the only place we could be private because we had so many people in our house constantly, opened the Bible at a moment where I went in there because everything was falling apart. Everybody here was coming into conversion, thousands of people in our house, thousands of people in the field, all day long, week after week, for three, covering three months. At one point, I went in there, opened the Bible, picked the verse, and it says, Do not be concerned that a trial by fire is in your midst, for gold is, tried, gold is purified by fire. The consolation I got from that is, let it bring you to your knees. It's not what you want, but you need this. I want to give this to you. It's a gift. 
accept it, hurt. Seven forty-two in the morning, eight seconds before it all sinks in. Put your best face on for the world. Fake another smile and just pretend that you're just putting off the pain. Nothing's ever really gonna change, so let it hurt, let it bleed, let it take you right down to your knees, let it burn to the worst degree. May not be what you want, but it's what you need Sometimes the only way around it Is to let love do its work And let it hurt Yeah, let it hurt 3.28 up the spaces between the rain You're getting used to the rocks at the bottom Your heart goes numb but the lonely stays the same And that's the price you're bound to pay And there's really nothing anyone can say You can only be a witness for God, a voice, to the degree you allow your sufferings to come that He sends you.
you feel your life sinking? Life is about to radically change. Man is always given signs before divine intervention. The woman of Revelation 12, the great sign warning the world, find salvation now. The mother of Christ, the great sign, appears daily to Medjugorje visionary Maria with a message. Without Jesus, you have no future. Come to Five Apparitions of Mary, July 1st through 5th at Caritas, Alabama. A 4th of July giving yourself, your family, and nation in consecration to the Virgin Mary, to Jesus, to heal the heart. Call 205-672-2000, 205-672-2000. See medj.com, that's M-E-J.com, medj.com. You're listening to Radio Wave with a friend of Medjugorje. We're going to play something for you in just a, a minute here, but just want to give a brief explanation of this. This was something that a friend of Medjugorje wrote, I think, uh, almost 10 years ago now. And in the midst of writing this, and many times when he's in the midst of writing, he feels the power of the Holy Spirit say certain things that just that come out in the midst of writing. And in the midst of proofing this, uh, the question came up about one specific three words that he had written and whether or not um, it should be said because people may or may not be able to accept it. And so he doesn't necessarily take considerations of whether or not someone will accept something or not, but he does look for clarification of whether or not it can be better explained. So he, he prayed about this and he sat down to write this. And he ended up writing it actually during the 5 a.m. prayer where he sat down with his piece and he spent time with this and he felt even stronger what it was that Our Lady was saying. And so he wrote this segment that actually was went from three words to several paragraphs explaining, not necessarily explaining, but giving the full credence of what it was that needed to be revealed. And in the midst of that, he quoted specifically a, a segment from Scripture. After he left 5 a.m. prayer, he went to Holy Mass in the morning, 6, 6.30 a.m. Mass. And the reading at the Mass, the Gospel, was what he had used to clarify this writing. And so it was a confirmation of what the Spirit had told him to put down. And so what we're going to play for you now is a segment, and there's a small explanation in the beginning to tell you what the segment's from. But... Um, this is something that needs to be listened to with much prayer and much reflection. The following is used with permission and is from a friend of Medjugorje's writing, Quietism. This segment is titled, The Gospel of Mary. Our Lady's apparitions are to prepare the world for a time of peace and victory. But these same messages will be used by those in the ultimate battle in which, through the Gospel of Mary, she, the woman, shadowed not even by the greatest angel or saint, and in the light of her Son, will crush the serpent's head, and who, at his glorious return, will cast the serpent into the eternal flame forever. He who chokes at the words, Gospel of Mary, does not know her. Jesus said, 
you do not know me because you do not know my Father. If you knew him, you would know me. Because you do not know me, you do not know he who sent me. If you do not accept Mary's words, you do not accept her son's words. If you knew her son was the word, you would recognize her words and her son who sent her. His mother said that she would give messages as it has never been in history from the beginning of the world. In the beginning was the word, and the word became flesh. For you who do not accept her words, how then do you accept the word? Mary's gospel, the echo of the word given in a new way, a new understanding, are immense, and that their effects will affect all creation until the final battle in which the serpent's head will be crushed, never to rise again. Whether the final battle be ten years or one thousand years from now, we are being given a gift, a grace, incomprehensible in this moment that will give passage to many future Christians to survive amidst the great tribulation, the suffering under the anti-church until Jesus in the glorious moment comes back. As men confined in mortal bodies, limited in so much humanness, we are not able to see Mary as God sees her. We can pray to comprehend, to rise above the confines of the flesh in better knowing Mary. But we will never know and understand Mary as she is known by God. She who is in the midst of the Trinity comes on the second day of the newborn millennium and says, Never as much as today, my heart is begging for your help. I, your mother, am begging my children that they help me to realize what the Father has sent me for. Shudder, O man, that she who alone can dwell deep in the midst of the Trinity, where no being can dare go, not even the angels. And now she is before you, begging. How, man, have you responded to her words? So it's Our Lady who tells us, do not shut your eyes to the warnings which the Heavenly Father sends you out of love. We don't recognize what God's doing. The more I dig deeper into the messages, the more I pray, the more I want to follow Our Lady, the more fear I have of God. It's not the same thing when I say, Our Lady says, don't be afraid. The fear of God is to be in awe of His awesomeness of His grace, the mercy we've been given. But yet, everybody today wants to walk along the fence. And one of the purposes of Our Lady is to come, just like she just said on the 25th message, that you struggle, you're in battle over the good that and the evil that is in you. You spend all your energies on this. Why? Because it takes more energy to stay balanced in the middle on the fence, going back and forth. It drains you. 
Try to stand up and walk down a fence line. Try to stand on a chain link fence. And I, as a kid, I used to do that. A lot of kids did that. You probably have done that. It takes balancing. You fall off, you get back on it. You don't want to fall off one side or the other. My cousin used to have this mean, mean dog. He had a long chain on it. And he had a dog house, and it was centered in the yard. We'd wait for him to go into it. We'd on one side of the chain link fence, and we'd run like mad to get to the other side. And we would get within four feet, and his chain would stop him. It was so fun until we got bit one day. It was exciting, just that danger. And we played with the devil on the fence. We're always looking at that because there's a thrill with it. And we were thrilled. We couldn't wait to go over there and do that. The dog was vicious. He was in the back of one of my, my cousin's stores, so they had something like a guard dog. But it's exciting. It's exciting to be on the fence. It's hard to just be in the ordinary life and being domestic. We don't like to be domestic people anymore. We don't have a domestic home where everything's around there because everybody's bored with this. So we do everything we can to stay on the fence. And we're walking back and forth this, <coughs> thinking we know where we're going to go. We just simply be. We think, it's wrong. we think it's not wrong to do that. And yet all that is showing us just the opposite. Make a decision. Don't keep good in you. Don't keep evil in you. Decide who you are, what you're supposed to be, and do that. The domestic life our lady is leading us back to. To build the home, to build the family. It's an ordinary life. Many won't like it. But as long as you stay on the fence, you're in danger. You're going to get bit one way or the other. Our ladies come to get you off the fence. In fact, I wrote a writing about that. I don't remember which one it is, but it's decide now in a new time, maybe something like that. But it's showing the confrontation with the messages that we have with Our Lady saying, this is a time of decision. She wants you to decide. Quit walking along the fence. Don't think it's just simply okay to be. It's not. Most may think it is. But it won't be fruitful for you. Well, I'm not as good as I advertise. But then again, who really is? Judgment is thrown around so easily But nobody wants to catch it, they just want to sidestep it I think I finally had enough Walking along the fence line in my pockets, got a million things on my mind I'm not sure what I'm trying to find So I'll just keep walking Knowing it'll come with time Walking along the fence line
Faith and time go hand in hand And I found along the way my faith runs deep Time is no longer one of my concerns Think I've gone astray, going the wrong way Why is it so wrong to simply be? Pockets a million things on my mind I'm not sure what I'm trying to find So I'll just keep walking Knowing it'll come with time Just walking along the fence line Just walking along the fence line And so it is. We have our ladies say November 2nd, 2006. A contradiction of being on the fence and walking the fence line. She says, God is sending me to warn you and to show you the right way. Being on the fence is not the right way. Do not shut your eyes before the truth. She's trying to get us off the fence to make a decision. She goes on and says, My children, your time is a short time. So, the song saying, Knowing it'll come with time. We don't have it. It's not there. And that's what I was pressed about. That's why she says, You'll know when you get to heaven why well, I'm so pressed. We have to act now. 
In fact, she told us today a word that she's never used outside of here in 1988. My children keep vigil. I, as a mother, am keeping vigil with you. That's never been used before except here in the bedroom, 19, or rather November 25th, 1988. And I distinctly remember this because Kathleen, who's Maria's friend and my friend, we were, she was here with Maria. We walked in there when we sent the message to Medjugorje for the translators to do their thing. But we went and translated there in my library. And I remember her sitting on the couch trying to come up with the word when I said, watch... And, and then the creation word, so that every encounter be in prayer, be a joy for your contact with God. And she couldn't come up with the exact word from creation. And then we discovered the word, as we talked about it, with Maria in Italian, that the word would be vigil. So as the lady said, November 25th, 1988, watch in vigil so that every encounter in prayer be the joy for contact with God. Our lady wants us to meet God. And so today when she sits there and says, I as a mother, rather, my children keep vigil. I am, as a mother, am keeping vigil with you. What is she saying that for? Vigil for what? What are we looking for? What are we waiting for? Of course, the definition we wrote today, a vigil is to be awake when it even sleeping hours to be on watch. Our mission is always this way. We're always watching for what LA's going to do next or anticipating what we need to do on the second month. We're up at 3 o'clock this morning and anticipating the message getting to us to be able to start writing. And they put it all together so that you may have it. We've gone 26 years of being in vigil with Our Lady knowing. And now she tells us today, I'm in vigil with you. Keep vigil. You keep on the watch. Your time's short. Be warned. So he tells these things to waste her time, waste her breath. She wants us to understand that our time is limited. As we've said many times, she says, you're not master's time. Where do we go with this? Well, right now we need to be in vigil. And when we see something, we recognize something, we need to act on it. We need to be off the fence. So much of what you're saying, I'm just going to make one little comment before the question, but so much of what you're saying is written about in They Fired the First Shot 2012. If you're listening to this and you have not read They Fired the First Shot 2012, we cannot tell you enough how much of a must-read this is. This is the defining writing, the defining book. This is the dictionary of our time. If you want to know what's happening right now in the world... And if you want to know what you need to do, you have to read this book. You have to get other people to read this book. Don't, you don't have to be afraid of Our Lady. You don't have to be afraid if they're going to accept her or not. Truth is truth, and a heart that's open to truth is going to see that. So, just wanted to make that comment because the question, actually, there's a message in They Fired the First Shot that you repeatedly go back to, actually two messages. The August 2nd, 2011 message where Our Lady said uh, the evil that wants to begin to rule in the world and destroy it, and the February 2nd, 2012 message that says, pride has come to rule. Well, in today's message, Our Lady says, my son will cast away the darkness that wants to surround you and come to rule over you. 
And there is obviously a connection between these messages and what you show in the first shot, of course, is obviously Our Lady had warned us, and then it came to pass, and without, with many people not knowing about it. So is, there, is Our Lady saying that there's something that's looming now? Uh, there's, this message is obviously some type of a personal warning for us individually, whereas before it may have been for the world, but this sounds something individual. Well, without going into day five, the first shot, and, and we won't go into details because it's a book that you have to read page by page to understand the third page, the third page, and one through three, understand the fourth page, and progress through the whole book. It's why when we talk, we're doing two talks now, wherever I go. The first night is closed only to day five, the first shot, people who've read it. And those conversations are deep and very varied of all topics across things that face in the issues today. But this is a progression from... August 11th, 2011, when Our Lady said, Satan, or rather evil, wants to rule the world and destroy it. And then we go to February 2nd, when she said, pride has come to rule. And then we have this message today, where she says, along with your prayers and fasting, I remember this scripturally when the apostles went to do an exorcism, they came up and got beat up. And Jesus says, you can only remove this by fasting. Our Lady says, by prayers and fasting, in his cross, my son will cast away the darkness that wants to surround you and come to rule over you. Sound like a, a demonic statement. Just like the scriptures. Hey, hey guys, don't go in messing with these people that's possessed by this demon if you ain't going to fast. Along with your prayers and fasting by his cross, my son will cast away the darkness that wants to surround you and come to rule over you. So now she's talking about being enveloped in darkness. The system's there. The tenor is there. Again, they fired the first shot. We'll show it unequivocally clear to you. Unless you reject it. Our lady's been real clear about that. Reject my messages. You're rejecting me. Is there, if you're on watch. Vigil means the exact uh, definition. Vigil means wakefulness. Maintained for any reason during the normal hours for sleeping. We can't be asleep. Our Lady says Satan never sleeps. She gave another message. Now, when, when all of nature is sleeping, she relates for us not to be. Virgil means also a period of watchful attention. This is the time. And when you hear Our Lady say... Cast away the darkness that wants to surround you. She's revealing now, okay, he wanted to rule the world and now and then to destroy it in August 2nd, 2011. Then he comes later, she says later, probably come to rule. And now she tells us the darkness wants to surround you. That's coming after us individually. Tyranny's going to come to us and come to rule over you as an individual. Like Ray just said, you cannot navigate into the future and have a fruitful future if you do not know what's coming down. They fired the first shot, details it. My son went to a Caterpillar dealer yesterday, and he is a new new manager for the shop. We've known him for years, and we've been using him for 25 years at Caterpillar. Take one of our machines down there. And he was new, so he's explaining who we are and what we do and everything. And he gave him a book. He said, oh, I heard him talking about this book on the radio today. And we're hearing this over and over and over. Wherever we go, oh, 
somebody mentions the book, I had uh, Robin here just tell me that about somebody else. Tell somebody else about what we are, and she mentioned they fried the fish. Oh, I've heard people talking about that. She said, well, I'll get you a book. He said, no, I know exactly where to go get one. It's spreading because what enlightens and gives people or leaves them empowered, they want. If you haven't read it, it's an inexcusable thing, especially if you follow out his messages. So it's important that you know everything you need to know about the future and to follow it. It was the word they were all afraid to say. Just to speak it would mean certain death. Revolution. The brave men in 1776 knew very well the cost of freedom. Do we know it today? While we allow ourselves to be managed by a surrogate system of government, are we willing to do what they did? They fired the first shot 2012 by a friend of Medjugorje, a book that has helped thousands in a few short weeks make the decision to throw off the chains of tyranny and find freedom. They fired the first shot 2012, available from Amazon.com or on Medj.com, spelled M-E-J.com, or call us in the U.S. 205-672-2000, 205-672-2000. They fired the first shot 2012. You're listening to Radio Wave with a friend of Medjugorje. Looking at this message today, what would you say is our biggest problem? Well, we've got a big problem. But it comes down to one thing. I think we've lost the domestic life. And Mary and Joseph lived an extraordinary life with God they live it in the most content, satisfying way, in an ordinary way. And so we know by this that if God is going to send his son, that he's going to want it the very best way. He was going to want it, he's going to want the very best for his son. Why would he just put him in a simple home where there's harshness, there's difficulties, not everything's perfect, as far as conveniences and wealth and what they had and the poverty they experienced? If God owns the universe, and you can think of the immensity of that, He can give Him anything and do anything. Why did God put Him in a manger, in a, in a, in a cave in Bethlehem, in a, in a stable? Because it's good for Him. Hurt is not necessarily bad, and we see poverty as a bad thing. Jesus was not poor. In the sense of, He lacked needs and necessities of life. To be poor is to lack what is needed to stay alive and to be in life. What we define today as poor is really off base. Social justice or social justice has redefined it. That anybody that have a job is poor. Are they eating? Have they got a roof over their head? They got the satellite dish? Or you don't say that anymore, but, but they got their cell phones? We don't even know poverty. We had no idea where we're headed. We're so blind to what's coming, to the harshness of life. Which is going to make us happy? Because of that, we get bored with life. We don't know how to deal with the ordinary life. Now, Lady's 25th message is so beautiful and so powerful in, in showing us this about we live both the good and the evil in us. 
we have the full wine gra- glass and we have, have, it, have it half full. We're on different sides of the fence on both sides. We keep jumping back and forth, the good and the evil. And many people, because there's so many things, so many pleasures, so many entertainments, so many luxuries, so many choices, so many laws making even no-fault divorce, which, which, which bloomed out divorces everywhere, it's just easy to say, oh, I'm bored. I don't want this anymore. But you know, when you move to another life or you change your life, you know what happens? The same old thing. You fall back into a routine. Do you not think a billionaire falls into a routine? And it becomes ordinary, being a billionaire. You think, oh, it's not ordinary. No, it's not ordinary because you're not doing it. But if you did it every day, it would be ordinary. Whatever you do is ordinary. So no matter what you are, what's your position? I mean, Pope Benedict had an ordinary day every day for the last eight years after his first times. And he was so close to Pope John Paul, it didn't even change dramatically. Except that he knew he had a heavy responsibility from God. But everything, whatever you do, becomes ordinary. So if you're going to be ordinary, then how do you be happy and be ordinary? You'd be happy by being ordinary, by accepting the simple, the domestic life. Raising your children, put a little roof over your head, have you a little patch of ground. This is the happiest way to be ordinary. It's the happiest path. And I tell you, we're going there because God wants a little hurt in our life. He wants us to have experience a little drought with our garden and we can't make it. We wonder how we're going to feed our kids in our life. It's good because it keeps you on your knees. And it makes you holy because you depend on God and not God as yourself. So the ordinary life is everything. The kind of ordinary life you live is everything. Shelly's at the kitchen table cup of coffee the morning paper when he walks in she's so surprised to see the tears in his eyes he says i love you i'm so sorry but bigger dreams are waiting for me i can't do this anymore pay the bills watch tv day in same routine, mow the grass, fence the lead, just to fence it again. We go to church, go to work, so picture perfect that it hurts. I feel like I'm trapped inside in this ordinary life. Shelly's at the kitchen table Crayons, construction paper Hey mom, look what I drew It's a picture of me and you And later when he says his prayers She runs her fingers through his hair So thankful for every day They pay They go to church, go to school Every day is something new 
precious are the days as they go by in their ordinary life. Phone rings, he's calling from the airport. It's midnight, he's all alone again. He says, I can't believe how much I've missed and what I wouldn't give to pay the bills, watch TV, day in, day out, the same routine, mow the grass, fix the leak, just to fix it again, go to church. miss my son, I miss my wife in my ordinary life. Fifteen years ago or so, when I was writing How to Change Your Husband, we ran across many stories. And um, I actually wrote the whole book in probably less than a week and a half. And then I uh, had collected some stories and things. One of them I remember, though, particularly in regards to this song, was a woman who was in the ordinary life with her husband and in the ordinary team, and she was looking for something more exciting. And finally, one man came along one day and said, your eyes are beautiful, your hair is beautiful. And he swept her away, and she left with him. Within a year, she longed what she threw away. And she wrote a letter that said to the effect that a man came along, told me my eyes were pretty, my hair was pretty. I was carried off with that. I see how ugly everything became. Christmas came along. I didn't have my kids. I didn't have my husband. And she said she would give a million times or whether she wished a million times that she could go back home. She'd mess it up. You can't leave a vow with God and go to something better. It's going to be worse. You can't raise children with somebody and then go with somebody else thinking, oh, it'd be better at work because you're talking to somebody and they're not having the same crosses that you have, paying the same bills you have to do, and it's so exciting that you fall for this. We've lost, because of the work and what women going to work, we've lost this whole domestic concept that is tough. You lost what you are. Who are you? And God calls us to be something beautiful. And to build a home is something that way. And to think somebody's more attractive or some other kind of life is more attractive is from the devil. It's easy to do that when you don't have all that. It's real easy to leave. It's very hard to come back. And in many cases, it's impossible once you've crashed and wrecked your whole life. I was talking to an attorney one time about his, lot, his wife. He'd been through it for six months, couldn't hardly work. She walked away. 
Within eight months, she wanted back. He says, no. She begged. He said, no. You've done, done what you've done. So people need to realize, where is richness? Where is joy? Where is contentment? To build a life together, a husband and wife, of each of their youth, and to grow old together, this is rich. And this is beautiful. And this is what God has for you. He wants this beauty for you. People know everything before they... Now, they think they know everything before they say yes to God, but then when they start saying yes to God, they will say, well, how are we going to do this? How are we going to do that? How does life work? We don't have to know anything. All we have to do is have God's blessing, and He blesses that which He, he has within His grace. You can't move on to ungrace and expect to be blessed. Every situation will be difficult for you. Everything we have to realize is connected to God. There's nothing not connected to God or that depends on Him. Even hell was conceived in Lucifer's heart. But God had to create it. And if God wanted hell not to be eternal, which it is, and an absolute truth it is, then God could have made it where it won't be eternal. We have to realize darkness is there to make the stars shine brighter. Everything's connected to God. You don't have to know all the answers. You just got to realize what He's patterned out for you. God works everything out. You don't have to tell the flower how to bloom, water how to fall out of the sky like rain, light to fill a room. All these things happen because God makes it happen. God makes happiness and joy happen when you're content of the state in life He's put you in and promise and keep fidelity to your vows. If you don't, you'll go insane. You'll go crazy. You'll get mentally ill. you get many things, many problems. And that's what's wrong with our culture. We've lost who we are and what we are. Once we understand that and do that, we know that we're supposed to be beautiful in the eyes of God. Driving around town Kind of bored with the windows rolled down See a girl on a bus stop bench Dressed to draw attention Hoping everyone will stare If she don't stand out she thinks she'll disappear Wish I could hold a tell or show her what she wants Is already there A star is a star doesn't have to try to shine Water will fall A bird just knows how to fly You don't have to tell a flower How to bloom or line How to fill up a room You already are What you are And what you are Is beautiful Heard a story the other day Took place at the local VA A father talking to his dying son This was his conversation It's not supposed to be like this You can't go first, I can't handle it The boy said, Dad, now don't you cry Remember when I was a child What you used to tell me When I'd ask why you take 
look in the mirror Now that's another story to tell I give love to others I have to tell myself I never see there's a perfect plan Everything I hope to be I already am A flower is a flower It doesn't have to try to bloom Light is light Just knows how to fill a room And dark is dark So the stars have a place to shine The tide goes out So it can come back another time Goodbye makes hello so sweet And love is love So it can teach us we already are what we are And what we are Is beautiful And strong enough And good enough And bright enough God wants to give us a life of beauty It's totally up to you if you want that to go toward the good, to go to the light, to be a light bearer, to be a mirror to others, to love others, to give love to others will make you beautiful. Because to love is to be a reflection of Jesus. To love is to be a reflection of Our Lady. To do so is to be happy and to content. Not to do so is to go toward darkness. Will you be a star in the darkness? Or the darkness around the star. I wish you a lady. We love you. Good night.